Well, very good morning to all of you and to all of you who are online. I hear that about 150 of you are online. And so I bring you greetings. Greetings and to all of you brothers and sisters here from the track board of Seniors Ministry. It's been a joy and a privilege to be able to serve God together uh, with many of your seniors. Uh, we call it gym. Uh, not the one that you exercise and have, you know, but it's really the Glowing Years Ministry. And it's been a privilege and joy to be able to be with uh, all of them. Uh, so we wish you a very blessed uh, Senior Sunday. You know, the Word of God reminds us in Leviticus 19.32, all right, and it says that you shall rise in, uh, bef- you shall rise before the hoary heads and honor the face of the senior men and women, for I am the Lord your God. And so, if you are 54 years old and below, may I invite you to rise. May I invite you to rise? You are 54. Sorry, I got to, uh, wow, many, yeah? Better than the first service. Yeah, so 54 and below, you are still young and you are rising in the presence of your seniors who are seated before you. Let's wish them a very blessed Senior Sunday. Let's honour our seniors who are right now in our midst. We wish you a very blessed Senior Sunday. Thank you. Please be seated. My sermon is entitled, Heart Matters, and Just 40 Days More. May I invite you to bow with me for a word of prayer. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this uh, Sunday, and it's a good day, Lord. This is the day you have made, and we will rejoice in it. Lord, you say in your word, where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are in the midst of us. So we welcome you, Lord Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We ask that, Lord, you will use this time, this season, to bring forth the word into our lives. Speak into our spirit, man, and bring about an awakening, Lord, to your word, Lord, that we will be obedient. Hide me behind your cross, O Lord, and let every word and every testimony only lift the name of Jesus up high. We thank you. We commit all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so, if you have your Bible or have it on the slides, I would like the Word of God to be read, Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. And so on the slide together, may I invite you to read the Word of God with me. Together. Then the Word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, According to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on a sackcloth from the greatest of them, to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, 
taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. And let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their wicked way, God relented of the disaster that he has said he would do to them and he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so Jonah prophesied to the Ninevites that they will meet their doomsday in 40 days time. 40 days time. Just 40 days time for some of you, your home will be ready. Maybe for some of you, you'll be starting a new job in 40 days time. And or maybe it is your children who will be going to a new school in 40 days time. In just about 40 days' time, it will be Christmas. And in 40 days' time, I will be retiring. And just to think of that time capsule of 40 days, in the midst of the Ukraine war, in the midst of the flood, in the midst of the pandemic, of inflation, in the midst of this ambiguous world of uncertainties and confusion, my spirit, feels that urgency, that time is short, and that life is precious. Like what James chapter 4, 14 tells us, life is but a warm breath of air that is visible in the cold, but only for a moment, and then it disappears. The Apostle Paul counseled the church and said the present is already passing away. Jesus proclaimed that the kingdom of God has come and the great commission has yet to be fulfilled. Friends, I ask you a, a question this morning. How do you rate your heart for matters that concern God right now? I have three, sermon, three points to my sermon. One, taming the heart of the prophet. Two, traversing the heart of the city. And third, Touching the heart of God. Jonah chapter 3, the heart matters. And so who is this man, Jonah? Now a story was told, but this young missionary came to the pastor and said, Pastor, I've been sent to preach the gospel to China and India and the rest of the world. Pastor said, very good, very good. Praise God. And the young missionary said, Pastor, I have a problem. Can you please pray for me? I have no problem to love the whole world. You know what's my real problem? Is to share the gospel with my neighbor next door. Taming the heart of the prophet. Jonah chapter 1. Jonah and the word. The word of God came to Jonah in Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of God came to Jonah, the son of Amittir. Now everything begins with the word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. The first time Jonah received the Word from God, go to Nineveh and preach the Word of repentance. These people were sinful, and if they do not listen, they will perish. I pray that the Word of God will come to you loud and clear today. God loves everyone, 
He does not want anyone to perish, not your irritating boss, nor your naggy neighbor. And God told Jonah, go to Nineveh, taming the heart of the prophet. But Jonah ran the opposite place to touch it. Of course, you may say that Jonah did not have a GPS to show him the direction. But he got up and intentionally went in the opposite direction. It was like in your face act of disobedience. Did Jonah argue or bargain with God? No. He simply ran away from it. He thinks that he can get away from God. Jonah has a problem. God is not a territorial spirit. He thinks that God lives in Israel. And if he can get away from Israel, he can get away from God. The prophet, the senior Sunday, must be suffering from a short-term memory loss. How come he doesn't know the Bible? How come he doesn't know that Psalm 139 verse 7 and 8 tells us, Where can I go from your spirit? How can, where can I flee from your presence? If I were to go to heaven, you are there. If I were to make my bed in the depths, you are there. Jonah has another problem. God is not a tribal God. He thinks that God is the God of the Jews only. And so Jonah struggled. He stumbled when God told him, go to Nineveh and preach to the enemies of Israel, the Assyrians. Now within Jonah, there was this inner reluctant voice. Why should I go to Amokyo, you know? I don't live here. Lord, I will go and share the gospel to anyone. Anyone except to Nineveh. After all, what they did to your people. You know, for Israel, God wanted to teach his chosen people that his love is beyond the covenant. It's beyond the four walls of the church. It's right to the world of people outside, capable of turning to him. And there are 170 to 200,000 people living right now in Amokyo. And God loves every single one of them. Taming the heart of the prophet. Jonah disobeyed God the first time. Second time, God gives second chance. He sent the wind. Obey the word or face the wind. <sighs> How many of you are in windy situation? Remember, the wind is not to destroy you, but to redirect you back to God's perfect will. The wind is not an act of God's judgment, but an act of God's mercy. Jonah heard the word the first time. He disobeyed and then he had to face the wind. To be thrown into the big fish. Just like the wind, that big fish is redemptive. And he said, I cry out to the Lord because of my affliction. One more chance God gives to Jonah. While inside the fish, Jonah prayed. And suddenly, the whale had indigestion, stomach, threw Jonah onto the shore. And the word of God came to the prophet the second time. God is gracious. God has not changed. Next slide, please. And the word of God came to the prophet the second time. God is gracious. God has not changed his mind about the loss. God has spoken to the church 
the first time. Go and preach the good news to Amokyo community. Where is your Nineveh? The will of God is not grievous. Let me tell you what is grievous. Disobedience is grievous. Or sometimes we choose to practice selective hearing. This is not for me. Outreach and social concern is not for me. I serve only in the other ministry. And then the word of God came to Jonah the second time. Go to that great city of Nineveh and proclaim the message that I give to you. Taming the heart of the prophet, God sent his word the second time, traversing the heart of the city. Next slide. Jonah finally changed his mind. And he began to walk the city in one day. Although it takes three days to complete. And he went down, ran round, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. He walked that journey. The city repented. 40 days, he called out. Why 40 days? There was 40 days that Moses remained on Mount Sinai. It was 40 days and 40 nights that Christ fasted. 40 years elapsed from the beginning of Christ's ministry right to the destruction of Jerusalem. 40 more days is the more definite form of denunciation implying that Nineveh has now almost filled up the measure of her guilt. You see, when you're told that you have only 40 days more, to repent or to live, what kind of thoughts will come to you? Well, you can receive it differently. It depends on how you, how the image of God, your own perception of God, your concept of God that you have. For one who has experienced that God is a disciplinarian, especially if you grow up in a very strict family, then you will hear these words like, you've got 40 more days. You hear it as retributive and equally punitive. But on the other hand, if you have been experiencing God's love and learn of Him as being kind and compassionate, you may hear these words as restorative, grace-filled. Whichever way you receive it, the time is now. Nineveh repented. The response was tremendous. And we read in Joshua, Jonah 3, 5, that the Ninevites believed God, a fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, Put on sackcloth. What is your heart saying when you walk into the church today? When you walk the streets of Amokyo, when you came into church, what is your heart saying? Look at Paul at Athens. When he was waiting for the people at Athens, his spirit was provoked when he looked at the city as he saw that the city was full of idols. And while walking through the estate of Amokyo, how is your spirit sensing her spiritual state? Is your heart burdened for the loss? For the spiritually poor, the loss in your community? You are planted here for a purpose. God has called you and set up the altar 
right in Amokyo. And God is calling you today. Taming the heart of the prophet, traversing the heart of the city, and now touching the heart of God. Justice and mercy overflowing. God saw how they repented, how they turned from their wicked way, and God relented. He did not do what he intended to do. You see, Jonah has a problem. Jonah changed his mind when he was in the belly of the big fish, but he did not change his heart. He would rather see Nineveh destroyed and the Assyrians perish in judgment. He hated them. God is compassionate. Jonah is not. God is merciful. Jonah is not. God is slow to anger, but Jonah is angry. How come we are not like God? How come we say we know him so well? If today God is to look into our hearts, what would he find? God is merciful. God is compassionate. I want to share a testimony with you of how I struggled. One day while I was praying, God brought someone to my mind, her name. Um, I was a lecturer for 10 years, and so I had a department head. And so God brought her name to me to share the gospel with. But I was reluctant. Or then I finished my, um, uh, I, I resigned from Sing Poly, Singapore Poly, and then I went into uh, Bible College, TTC. So it was that time that God brought her name to me. And so her name came and I was asked, the Lord said, share my good news, my love to her. Now, I can share with anyone, but then I had a problem with this difficult person. She was my head of my department, head of department. Very difficult. You know, head of departments have all the KPIs to do, right? And so it was very difficult, but very fussy, very irritating, you know. I said, Lord, any one of my colleagues I will share. Don't let me go and share with her. It took me six months, you know. I cannot eat boi jiak boi kun, you know. That time, you know, the name came, the burden was heavy. I haven't even given her a call for so many months after I resigned from Sing Bali. I did not even want to think about her. And it all happened after I started the book of Jonah. And God convicted me of Nineveh. He gave me the word to bring to her. You see, I did not want to be swallowed by that big fish. So I asked God, please forgive me. I asked God, please, Lord, I know you love her. Give me the heart of compassion. Give me the heart of compassion and help me to obey. I picked up the phone, dialed the number, engaged. Well, I'm very happy. Now she's not available. I did it the next week, next week. Again, not available. Wow, then very happy, you know. Maybe God is the wrong number. I finally called and she said, Hello. I said, Hi. This is, well, I'm known as Irene, Mrs. Irene Teo in Singapore, Polly. Hi, this is Irene Teo. Ah, so long never hear from you, Irene. I heard you went to go to a school to study about God. I said, Well, yes. <laughs> and so that started. She said, We're going to have lunch. I said, Okay. So I, I drove all the way to St. Pauli, drove her all the way to Bukit Timah Plaza to have lunch. In that whole journey, 
I shared with her about God. About how God called me and how God healed me and the goodness of God. And I went on sharing with her. And then she said to me, You know, yesterday, last night, I was looking up into the sky. And, you know, she was an ardent believer of Guan Ying, the goddess of mercy. And she told the sky, if there is a God, you come to me. And so I shared that there is a God who loves you. And he is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his life for you. And he loves you. And then she said to me, I don't know why I did this, huh? but he, she said to me, my son left the house for many months. Now she was, he was a drug addict. And never, I never heard of him for a long time. If your God can bring my son back, I will believe in him. I didn't know why I said this, okay? But I said, uh, my God will bring your son back in two weeks' time. Now, that was very bold of me, right? When the son disappeared for months, right? I said, Lord, you know, thank God, you know. She said to me, I will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, you believe it? In him, he said, yes, if he is a miracle-working God. I said, yes, he is. And he is still actively doing many miracles in our lives. He has healed me to av- of my kidney, that I was supposed to have kidney dialysis. Healed me completely and gave me a new kidney. It was a miracle. And I said, if God is able to do all that, he can do for you. You know, two weeks later, she had a call from the police station. The son came back. And the son was to be counseled and taken care of by, wonderfully, an FCBC church counsellor. I was so happy, you know. She accepted the Lord. And she said, you know, your God is really powerful. And praise God. I want to tell you, you know what she asked me? Irene, what took you so long to share the goodness of God to me? What took you so long? I want to say this, I praise God, she and her three sons got baptized in the church. They all accepted the Lord because of our miracle-working God. All glory to Him. You see, the question at the end was what I'm asking. What take you so long to contact me? You see, I was struggling with the Jonah inside me. One more chance. And so if we truly examine our hearts this morning, will we find that little Jonah? So why do I have to care? The story ends in chapter 4 of Jonah. Nineveh repented. The question is, did the prophet Jonah repent? We don't know. We know he changed his mind when he was in the stomach of that big fish. The story ends. But it doesn't conclude. Did he go back and disciple all the believers in Nineveh? We are not told. It's open to you and me to answer. The word of God came to Jonah the second time. The word of God comes to you the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. Don't say that you have 40 more days. That's a lame excuse to be preoccupied and to take away yourself from doing the things that God had called all of us in this church to do. Where is your Nineveh? Do we really care 
if our friends and relatives are on their way to hell, if we care, why are we not bringing God's word to them? Why are you unwilling? God is giving you one more chance this morning. Church, I know it is difficult to walk into the community. I know it is, and it was for me. Being a Methodist brought up in a Methodist church, one husband and with the then was two daughters, prim and proper, I was in Caris Methodist Church. And then I went to Bethesda Cathedral in TTC to do my field education. I was sent into a church. It's a, a community church, Bethesda Cathedral. And then the senior pastor said, we want you all to go into Chai Chi and Bedo. You know, it was so hard for me. Why should I go? Why should I go? I don't live there. And then I didn't know what to do. I prayed. I fasted for three months. Every Wednesday was my fast for Chai Chi and Bedo. And I started to weep as I prayed. Lord, as I prayed for the lonely, as I prayed for the sick, as I prayed for the people who are poor and lost, and they know nothing much to do, they are there. And then the Lord spoke to me, go. So I went with my cell group, one cell group, all ladies, and we all went. And we were told, don't wear your jewelry, don't wear. And then one of my, one of my uh, cell mate drives a sports car, parked far, far away. Why? Because we we're going to the one room flat in Chai Chi, you know, in Block 24. And we went there and we knocked the door. Auntie, Uncle, ni hama, washi chong pishu da tang, shenzi, Yesu su tomo de ai ni. You know, we went round and knocked the door. And then, one particular home, you'd be surprised. I walked in. The whole house has no furniture. And then this lady from across the room, at the gate, it's a one-room flat. And I said, hello, hello, uh, I'm from the church across the, the road here. And then she said to me, don't come and convert me. I don't want to be a Christian. She shouted. She was, her hair was all entangled. She was so dirty looking. Her baby was crying on the floor. You know, I said, I'm not here to convert you. Just here to just be with you and sing some songs with you. And so we began just singing um, songs that God is good. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning. You know, that's all I did. And we, our group just sang song with her. Initially, she didn't want to join us. But four of us just went on singing. We brought milk powder for the child. We brought pampers for the child. This is a one-room flat. She lived alone with the baby. The door is always locked. Why? Because she locked her mother-in-law inside. I tell you, I have not... It, because of walking the streets of Budo and Chai Chi, God changed me totally. I never loved a poor and a needy so much. Six months later, she walked into the church and that the pastor preached. I was doing the altar call and I was praying and before I could lay my hands on her, she was thrown like three feet away, literally thrown out. She fell and then she went home. Next day she called the church. Monday is off day for the church. She said, there is this sister Irene who prayed for me. She never touched me, but I felt there was a force that pushed her far, far away. She said, and then the sister in the church asked, after that, how do you feel? He said, this is the first time 
I woke up this morning without cursing my sons. Every morning I curse my son. But this is the first time I began to hold my son and loved her. You know, as I share this with you, my heart reached out to this sister because she has been referred to us by the social worker. She cut herself six times. And then she always attempt to jump down from the sixth floor. And then she always remember the day that she wanted to jump that day. I said, whenever you're about to jump, remember this, freeze, don't jump. That day, one day, she was about to jump. And the Holy Spirit gave her my voice. Don't jump. God loves you. From that day onwards, Pochu accepted the Lord. She came into the church, totally a changed person, joined the cell group. So I want to share with you, friends, you will not know what God is going to do when you walk the streets of Amokyo. My heart is so excited for you that you are in a time and a season right now, right living here. And your pastor and leaders have planned plans for you to go out there to transverse the city of Amokyo. Don't say that you have four more months. On 29 September, the day I decided, Lord, I'm surrendering my whole life to you. I will retire from track ministry in 2023. That was the day I started to have divine dreams. God said to me, don't stop the work of God. Friends, don't stop the work of God in this place. Your days are numbered. First October, I had another dream. These are the last days. When I walked into the church this morning at 7.30, I had a vision of your church. I must share with you, I shared with your pastor in charge. I will share with you now. I had a vision of a box. And in the box, the water was filled. I was trying to rush out. But then, there was not enough people to open the door. There are many doors on that box. Not enough people to open the the box. I want to say to you that God needs you to go out there to open the doors so that the rivers of living water will flow out. And so, the Great Commission is to go there and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. You know, R.T. Kendall said, God is not obligated to any man, and in so far as Jonah is concerned, God did not even have to send the wind, but he did. He did not have to prepare the fish, But he did. He did not have to eject Jonah from the fish. But he did. And he certainly did not have to come to Jonah the second time. But he did. And God is kind. God is gracious. God is good. May I invite you to bow your heads for a word of prayer. Father, forgive us. Forgive me. As you hear the word, Lord, forgive me if you have been speaking to us 
sending the word the first time, the second time, the third time. And today, God, you are sending the word again. I ask, Father, at this time, prepare our hearts. Move our hearts. Show us your heart and help to obey. And so if this morning, God has spoken to you about the harp. I just can't sing the word the harp. God is calling you out there. You know, you may say, what can I do? You don't have to do anything. You know why? Because the Spirit of God lives in you. Wherever you go, the presence of God will go with you. And when you position yourself in the harp, where you position yourself in the outreach to the community, the presence of God is there. And the people will be drawn to God because of the presence of God wherever you go. This morning, if God is speaking to you, I am being obedient to obey God's word to bring it to you today. It's time for you to respond, church. With all eyes closed, if God has spoken to you, will you please take a stand? Has God been speaking to you? Is there a Jonah that you need to struggle with? Will you stand? You've been reluctant to go out to the community. Today, God's word come to you again. Will you obey his word? If you are the one, will you stand? And the Lord said there will be many of you here. If God is speaking to you, Please take your rise to your feet. We had many in the first service. But the church needs you, friends. The Lord needs you there to open that door of that box so the rivers of the living water can flow right out. Will you partner God? Will you partner God?